Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, we will be talking with a number of people today. As a matter of fact, the Urban League is having their 21st annual breakfast tomorrow, Friday morning at the Westin, Seattle. And uh, a very interesting gentleman is going to be the keynote speaker, Irving Magic Johnson of a Laker and NBA Hall of Fame, as well as being an outstanding and very uh, fruitful uh, entrepreneur uh, with the, as many uh, ventures that he's engaged in. And I like about him because he reaches back and advises people. And uh, I guess if your product's good enough, you'll make sure you get the money. But I want to just go ahead briefly and comment on a sister that contributed quite a bit to the city of Seattle. Her name is Shirley Batiste Wilcox. And you can find it on the front page of the, the Facts newspaper. But this sister came to Seattle in uh, 1948 with, creech, uh, with uh, uh, teaching credentials. And she is one of the people that incorporated Neighborhood House, served on the Urban League Board of Directors, was the founding president of the Central Area Mental Health, and worked 20 years as a kindergarten teacher in the Seattle Public Schools. I did know her uh, older daughter, uh, Adrian, and son, Carver Wilcox Sr. But those are the kind of people that you know, we we need to talk about and think about. So in the meantime, I had had uh, uh, Bob Armstead on this evening. We have a uh, National Association of Minority Contractors of Washington State chapter is having a general membership meeting. And we have some pretty interesting people who will be participating on that. One is a, a renowned attorney, Anthony W. Robinson, who has argued multiple times before the U.S. Supreme Court uh, in defending affirmative action. And Bob, I'm correct, there's something posted on the NAMC website regarding uh, uh, his participation. Can you share with our listeners exactly how they can access that and what were those, uh, that's particular case about? Uh, the website is uh, www.mancwa.com. The uh, particular uh, information that you're referring to uh, is an article and a video uh, regarding the Adirond decision. And the Adirond decision for those of your guests that uh, are unfamiliar is one of the major uh, US court decisions that governs how the DBE and other minority business programs are operated. Uh, define DBE, Bob, define DBE for the folks who might not be as familiar with that, that terminology as we are. Okay, DBE is a program at the U.S. Department of Commerce. It's the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program. Um, it is a program that was approved by Congress and it actually has a requirement uh, associated with it for the uh, funding of USDOT programs. In order to receive USDOT uh, funding, uh, agencies have to uh, agree to terms and conditions of the DBE program. Uh, they're supposed to set uh, goals and standards and do a certain amount of uh, monitoring and investigations. Uh, many of your uh, listeners have probably heard of the disparity studies that uh, happen frequently uh, here in Washington State. 
there with uh, agencies that are funded by USDOT, Sound Transit, WASDOT, the Port, um, any agency that receives USDOT funding as a part of some of the uh, US court decisions that will be discussed by Anthony Robinson this evening. There's a requirement that every five years, uh, there has to be a demonstrated need for the program. And that is done in part through these disparity studies. Well, so, Bob, I wanna say that uh, the latest numbers we got from the Office of Minority Women Business Enterprise from Washington State, showed that in 2021, uh, firms owned by African-Americans received 0.18%. And uh, because of the fact that that information has been transmitted to Washington, D.C., to several members of the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, we hopefully we might have some remedy soon uh, because of how can anybody, and you know, once again, we're talking about having more studies. If someone's not doing two-tenths, a group is not doing two-tenths of 1%, what is there to study? What is the rationale to continue doing these studies? And how many studies have we had? Uh, they're required every five years. So any public agency in Washington state that receives USDOT funding at a certain level uh, have conducted these studies. Uh, nine or 10 in the last 10 years, uh, 20 or more in the, um, the last 18 to 20 years. And the, the primary rationale is the requirement uh, for USDOT funding that these studies be conducted. Now, they're supposedly used for a lot of things. There's the opportunity for the recipients of USDOT funding to take corrective action that is identified through these studies. The problem, one of the problems that we have here in Washington state is that each of the studies uh, over the last 20 years has shown the underutilization of certain groups that are part of the, uh, the DBE program. Uh, blacks happen to be uh, one of those groups. Blacks happen to be at the, the bottom of the chart in most of those studies, with the exception, uh, sometimes Native Americans uh, are at or below the participation number. Uh, we have been extremely concerned because the participation uh, percentage as identified in those disparity studies that are conducted by and through the public agencies in Washington state have consistently shown over the last 20 years that Blacks are at 2, 1% or below. And the uh, document that governs the DBE program that was approved by Congress has in it uh, means of remedying those situations if the agencies have any interest in doing that. Uh, so far, uh, all that we hear from those agencies is wait until the next disparity study. Well, there's already been enough disparity studies and all they have to do is go to the rules and regulations that are in the DBE program 
that they all signed on to in order to receive the funding and see some of the remedies that are available. Well, Those you know, uh, yesterday, uh, uh, Jesse Weinberry attended uh, the uh, equity event uh, that was held at, uh, in Tacoma. And he's going to be on right. He's going to be on right after you. But uh, at the same time, some agencies and entities of government are making an attempt. And I just want to give a shout out to the city of Seattle's facilities and administrative services department. Uh, they're doing a reverse vendors trade show next Thursday, uh, December 8th, from 8 o'clock a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. It's in person and live virtual. And I will have a uh, information on my Facebook page on how you can log in. Uh, this will be held at uh, Tabor 100, which is at 7100 Fort Dentway, Suite uh, 100, Tuckwheeler, Washington, 98188. And uh, the, this is an annual event hosted by the city. It allows the vendors the opportunity to introduce themselves to a variety of city department representatives. Vendors can learn about upcoming solicitation, procurement opportunities, and sustainable purchasing uh, while networking with other local vendors. Women-owned and minority-owned businesses are especially encouraged to attend. Like I said, the event will be offered both in-person and live virtual. The city encourages vendors to sign up online to the event to prevent to uh, prevent entry delays. The live virtual is an appointment only for a one-on-one -on -one with your department of choice on a first-come, first-served basis. If you're interested, please choose the virtual attendance ticket and the RSVP I will have on my Facebook page. Uh, to make sure that people who are seeking these opportunities get a chance to, uh, uh, and you can also go to a caps FAS space, reverse vendor, R and the V are capitalized, uh, trade show, T and the show at seattle.gov. So uh, those are some efforts that are being made. But Bob, we still have a serious problem, uh, as far as I know, not only with uh, the public sector, but also the private sector, because at one point in time, we were talking frequently about the Washington Roundtable and the $2 billion that was supposed to be committed to the Black community over the next five years. The publicity was fast and furious, uh, but I just want to know, as president of the Washington chapter of NAMC, have you heard of anyone benefiting from uh, the Roundtable's program? Uh, I have not personally, Eddie. And the, uh, the study that was conducted by the Boston Consulting Group uh, through the, uh, the Washington Roundtable uh, demonstrated that the problem is not a public problem, it's not a private problem, it's an all of the above problem, that the participation in private sector uh, employment and contracting, the participation in public sector uh, contracting and employment are, are just truly dismal. And not to jump off of the, the private, but when you have a situation like exist, and that will be discussed this evening at five o'clock at www.namcwa.com, on the NAMAC uh, meeting from 5 to 6.30. And this will be a discussion from the director of OMWBE 
talking about the numbers. And at the beginning of your show, you stated that the actual numbers for Blacks during the period of time covered by this annual report is 0 0.18 of 1%. We have been extremely, extremely upset because we thought the number was 1%. It's actually one-tenth of the number that we thought it was. And there's no way that, in my thinking, that there could be an accident or something that was unintended for you to have results like that over the long period of time that we've had. And you have a report coming out of the Department of Enterprise Services, DES, where they actually spent less than 1% with all minority groups. So their percentage of spend with Blacks and every other group individually has to be substantial of that less than 1%. So there is a situation in this state uh, where they can no longer say that these things are unintended consequences. You're absolutely right, because year after year, there's been nine disparity studies the last 10 years. Washington State has not had any affirmative action for 23 years. Uh, the, uh, the governor did sign an executive order, and I think that was a result of... Uh, us having the equity summit yesterday. But uh, Eric, at this time, what I'd like to do is take a break and uh, come back after the break. Why sit in bumper to bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport. Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the Port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at Port Seattle. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. 
Talk1150.com. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Eddie Rye back at Urban Forum Northwest with the distinguished president and CEO of the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle, the award-winning Michelle Merriweather. And she has some really important news to share with us about an event that's going to be happening tomorrow morning. So go right ahead, Madam Michelle. Ah, thank you, Mr. Rye. So good to be here with you. Yes, tomorrow our annual breakfast returns. Tomorrow, bright and early, um, at the Westin, we will welcome back our annual breakfast for the 22nd time, but the first time in person since 2019. Um, and with that, we get our honoring and celebrating Coach Lenny Wilkins, uh, Ephraim Rihasta, who um, uh, leads Bumbuna Coffee, and Dr. Ben Danielson, uh, who we know um, has stood up for us and for our community, for Black folks for years, and is worthy of celebration. And he's getting the um, the uh, Edwin Pratt Award that we honored you with uh, a few years ago. So we're excited uh, for tomorrow. And uh, we're bringing magic to uh, Seattle, to the Emerald City, and welcoming Urban Mad Johnson as our keynote tomorrow, which should be a lot of fun. Tell you what, I'm going to get up early. I'm just praying it don't snow anymore because I live on this little hill, and folks are going down. They were going down the road backwards. So, oh, no. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, you know, I might just get slick and call Uber, and that way it's on them yeah. and not on me. So, yeah, that's a good audience. Yeah, everybody listening, going to the breakfast tomorrow, if you're worried about driving, call Uber or Lyft oh, or yeah. like that. So you get down to the Western yes. at 730. The doors open at 7 o'clock a.m. Yes. And you'll be treated to uh, some uh, brotherly and sisterly love. You get the chance yes. to hear Irving Magic Johnson and also see some people you haven't probably seen in a couple of years. In uh, years, right? Yes. This is also like a reunion for us. Um, for us to see everybody and hug everybody and check on our, our, our friends and neighbors. But yes, also, please be safe. Uh, call Lyft, call Uber, take a, a public transit. Um, be safe. We want to see you, but we want uh, to make sure that you arrive and depart safely. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to a couple of your staff members. The VP, Ms. Linda Taylor, yes. she invited me to sit at her table. Oh. And also, uh, I'm glad that you have Ashley Pugh, your Director of Communications and External Affairs. She keeps me posted as well. So, And I also got something from uh, Ms. Uh, Cutler. Cheers, she's our event planner extraordinaire. Uh, she's also my executive assistant, but she, has, she and Ashley have led the effort in planning this event tomorrow. So thank you for shouting them out and giving them love. And, you know, Ms. Taylor has been with the Urban League. We're celebrating her 25th anniversary. Um, well, we celebrated it last summer, um, and we're supposed to celebrate it at the National Urban League Conference. But she, um, at that that week of the National Urban League Conference, she had COVID. So, um, oh boy. you know, we've been celebrating her all year. Okay. Her 25 years of uh, being with us at the Urban League. Matter of fact, uh, the, uh, the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle has the best housing program in the state, maybe the country, and they need to hire. I should call Miss Marsha Fudge, the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, and say, if you want to look for a model, go to the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle and visit Miss Linda Taylor, 
and then you'll be ready, you'll be on the good foot, ready to go and serve uh, these communities all across the country. Tell her, tell her, please. We actually invited her uh, to join us this year, but she's traveling. Uh, but hopefully next year we'll have uh, Secretary Fudd join us. So gosh, I share a little bit more about, I mean, you got a, a list of sponsors that most uh, people running for office would love to have, especially some of that money they got. So why don't you just share with a little bit about so I know you have some board members and stuff. So why don't you just share a little bit about, about uh, your board and some Absolutely. of the other you're working with? Absolutely. I will say that uh, this event, uh, the presenting sponsors are Amazon, Bridge, and Microsoft. Uh, we have some fantastic support from our friends at Costco um, and uh, several others that are probably going to get mad at me for not mentioning them today. But I love them all. The city of Seattle, the uh, the county have been great. United Way is a tremendous partner in all of the work that we've been doing. Um, Sound Transit, the port of Seattle. And again, I can go on forever. We have a lot of new partners as well. SRM, uh, a development company that we partnered with, uh, along with the city of Seattle and Amazon to make uh, 354 units, uh, six apartment buildings in West Seattle, Queen Anne, affordable for the next 100 years. And they've been a tremendous partner. We're working on a couple of other products with them. They've been great. And they've joined us as a, a sponsor of this breakfast as well. Um, and uh, Nestle has joined us as well this year. And uh, we're just excited uh, about all the new partners that are, are coming um, and uh, into the fold. Uh, this year and in and over the last few years of this work through the pandemic. Well, uh, give us an idea of, of all the departments and the services that you render, oh. so we know what they're supporting. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, so, as you said, we have a tremendous, world class uh, housing department that supports folks that. Uh, are in need of housing that runs the gambit from those that are um, sleeping on the street. And right now, Mr. Rye, you know how cold it is and how hard it is for folks that are unhoused to stay warm and stay safe and stay alive, quite frankly. We have right now actually got to show some love to our housing team that are running cold weather shelters downtown and in Kent to keep people um, safe and warm during this uh, cold, cold season along with our partners at the King County Regional Homeless Authority. Uh, but then we also support folks that are um, want to go into rentals as well as prepare for home ownership. And we also support folks that are facing foreclosure and foreclosure for prevention and mediation. Um, and we're doing a huge, huge push on uh, over the next few years in supporting Black home ownership and making sure that we get our well-deserved piece of uh, the pie and developing wealth. In uh, our other programming, we have workforce development programs supporting folks in getting jobs, getting training, getting prepared to go into the workforce, uh, be it uh, out of school and out of work or exiting incarceration, survivors of domestic violence, other barriers to employment, as well as folks that just are looking for work. We have a fantastic resource center at 901 Rainier that folks can stop in and just get some support, building a resume, looking for a job uh, and, and all other supports. And then our education team is doing tremendous things as well, supporting uh, uh, and helping uh, young people graduate, but also folks that are separated from uh, the educational system 
uh, and maybe uh, involved in our criminal justice system, our criminal legal system, uh, and are at home with electronic home monitoring. Mr. Rye, during COVID, um, the county did a pilot in sending kids home with electronic home monitors instead of locking them up. And uh, so they can be with their families, but also have external support. So they, uh, the county partnered with the Urban League in mentoring those kids. It worked so well that we are continuing that program. Um, and uh, then we're at uh, Foster, Rainier Beach, and a few other high schools bringing back Urban Scholars, TAF Academy with Project Ready, and we have our summer programs as well. And then we're helping young people learn how to write code and create websites. And they're creating websites for small businesses in the city of Seattle and in Burien. Um, and then we have a fantastic advocacy team as well that are advocating uh, for our interests along with you and a few others, several others in this community. And uh, what we know is that while we do great work, necessary work that we're proud of, um, we, we have to change the policies that impact us, that require us to do this work in the first place, that are broken and, and harming us and not helping us. So we have a fantastic team of folks that are uh, helping us build our advocacy arm and helping us arm our community with the knowledge and resources on how to vote, where to vote, what to vote for. We don't tell them who to vote for, but we provide them with the resources. And then the public health team is making sure that we're health healthy, safe, and re receiving um, great information as well. And we're starting up some entrepreneurship work and supporting our small businesses, especially right now as we recover through COVID. Our small businesses, our Black-owned businesses in particular, are still struggling. Everybody struggled through COVID. Our businesses are still struggling. And um, We were struggling before COVID. And we were struggling before. But anyway, I wanted you just uh, as... Uh, the event tomorrow, is that sold out? For the it is sold out, yes. They can still donate. But we can still donate. You can go to our website and make a contribution. And after uh, the event tomorrow, probably sometime next week, as soon as we can get things um, uh, together, we'll release some, some footage and some video. Uh, Magic has allowed us to share some of his uh, speaking points as well with the general public. Will this be streamed live tomorrow? The it will not. Okay, okay. Not. Look, uh, Michelle, we appreciate you. I got the Martin Luther King MLK Organizing Coalition gentleman and uh, Brother Hayward standing by. So I'll see you in the morning. I'll see you in the morning. And thank you all, MLK Organizing Committee, for your work. I appreciate y'all and everything that you do. And I'm looking forward to it. See y'all tomorrow and see you soon. All right, now, appreciate you. Okay, uh, we've been joined by Hayward Evans. As a matter of fact, uh, KL had to cancel out the last minute. Hayward is uh, a veteran along with Clifton Wyatt, who is on with us. Renaissance is on with us. And Bob Armstead from NAMC has continued to be with us. So uh, I'm going to defer, uh, Renaissance, I'm going to defer to, to the elders and go to Clifton first and have him just give a little background about uh, his involvement with the MLK and, uh, uh, you know, this is the 40th year of, of this march. And uh, 40 years ago, uh, we had the first march on January 15th, 1983, which was a Saturday, to protest the city of Seattle, not putting up the Martin Luther King Jr. Way signs on Empire Way. And we we're also demanding that the Congress made 
Dr. King's birthday a uh, national holiday. So uh, that was November 5th, uh, January 15th, November 2nd, 1983. Ronald Reagan proclaimed the third Monday of, of January in 1986 to be the first official King holiday. Four weeks later, the state Supreme Court ruled the city of Seattle had the authority to change the name of Empire Way to Martin Luther King Jr. Way. Some people didn't want it because they knew his name would be up on the freeway. But anyway, Tuttle, we're going to go to you and give us an update. I know you guys are with the Logistics Committee. And uh, actually, when you were there, okay, you do whatever's necessary. We all know that over the years. But go right ahead, Clifford. I guess I've been on this committee ever since the uh, we walked out to uh, Othello and protest for the uh, Martin Luther King being changed to Martin, I mean, uh, Empire Way being changed to Martin Luther King. So I've been, whatever year that was, I've been on it ever since. We, we appreciate your activism uh, when you were even in high school. You've been active for a long time. Well, well yeah. I, I, Go ahead. Okay. The only, and I have to put it this way, the only time I ever been arrested was with King County, former King County Councilman Larry Gossip. And we were arrested. This is unique to me and very important to me. April 4th, 1968. We got arrested that morning for a protest, the first ever protest in the Seattle Public Schools in 1968. And a week later, we were arrested, like I say, April 4th, 1968, along with Aaron and Elmer Dixon, uh, Larry's brother, uh, Ricky, E.J. Brisker, and I can't recall the other individual. Carl Miller. Was Carl, Carl Miller, Miller, yeah, Carl Miller. And uh, we were arrested, tried to put fear into us for what we did at Franklin High School a week earlier. And that just poured fuel on the fire because you know what happened after that? We went down, two weeks later, we went to Oakland, met Bobby Seale, and the rest is history. And I want to say they went to jail because the, the principal was sent two young African-American ladies home because they had natural No, hair. that's not the way that's it went. That's not the one? No. Which what happened was, and, and I was there, um, Charles Oliver and Charles Flavor, okay. this is after the incident with the Black sure. females, Nan and Joyce Drigger. Nan yeah, but, but it's Joyce important Drigger. for people to know that back in that, in 1968, these young African-American ladies were sent home because they had natural hairdos. Exactly. So they, they could come that, back and the hair was straight. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. And that, that was just more. And then, uh, like I say, Charles Oliver and uh, Charles Flavors were kicked out of school for another other than just being black. And that's what was the straw that broke the camel's back that we organized this sit-in, this protest, and took over the school. And I don't know if you knew back then, down at uh, the old Six Seattle Stadium, they mounted, I know, a thousand police officers were getting ready to storm the school mm. that day. Okay. But it was over Charles. That was the, all yeah, that was okay. leading up to the what actually caused the uh, that and, protest. And we know April 4th, uh, later that evening, there you go. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Now well, I'm gonna do it, but I want to When I was, I when I was in the uh, when they they took me and Elmer Dixon to the juvenile juvenile uh, center, and everybody else older went downtown. 
You guys when the lawyer showed up that afternoon, he had the Seattle Times paper showing that Dr. Martin Luther King had got shot and killed in, in, uh, at that hotel in Memphis. Okay. Now, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go to Renaissance now so he can talk about the logistics committee and what the plans are today. Uh, you know, thank you, uh, Mr. Wright, for having us on the show. This is this is an amazing opportunity to be able to talk about what's going on with the MLK organizing committee. Um, and when we're thinking about logistics and talking about what we're doing in logistics, it's like, where's the sound? How are the people showing up? You know, all the folks that we're volunteering with, who's holding signs, who's creating signs, who's printing out the signs, what is our route? What are our safety details? We're looking through all of those details and we're trying to figure out the best people to help manage that. You know, where are our comms at? Um, are we using radios from the front to the back end of the march so that everybody knows how we're getting to and from where we intend to go? Um, making sure that we're in time, that um, that if anybody has any needs that need to be addressed while we're marching, that those are being addressed in real time with the folks who have the skills to be able to deal with them. Um, and that's a lot of the bulk of our work on the logistics committee within the entire organizing committee. So how can people get information um, in terms of volunteering for the various committees? There's a website address where people can go to and sign up for a committee? Yes, there is a website address, and that is seattlemlkcoalition.org, all one word. Um, and you can go there and they have a donate button right right on the top of the, the first page. And then it also has a list of all of our meetings. Everybody is able to come in to, to our committee meetings. And that's the big committee meeting. And from that big committee meeting, then they can start to um, have connections to the subcommittee meetings like the logistics or the planning or the program or, or this or that. Um, and, and that would be the easiest way to get involved for folks who are not connected to other folks who are on a committee right now. I want to ask Cliff, uh, is the logistics committee still uh, laying out where the route's going to be and uh, what the destination is going to be, if there's going to be a rally at the end of the destination? And I'd heard mention about this year of having food trucks. So I just wanted if you could comment on that. Well, we haven't chose the route yet, and we won't release that to a later date. But yes, there'll be a rally at the end. And right now we're talking about food trucks. We haven't made a final decision, and you can correct me on that, Renaissance. I no, um, there, there's no correction, but there there is a point of of adding in about what we do with the route and and where we talk about it and how we talk about it. Like we know that the more there there there's a swing of hate that that's rising up around in this nation, you know, and, and coming against folks, black folks, people of color, um, folks who are concerned about justice, and if winning if we make the route public beforehand, then the folks that like to show up in opposition have an opportunity to do staging. And so we're, we're very cautious about releasing that information beforehand um, out in the public. Um, and what Clifton uh, is saying is correct. We haven't picked the final destination of where the march is going, um, but we are definitely going to be having food as is customary at all of the marches for the years. Um, and currently it's up in the air right now about what part of the march that will be in. Okay. Uh, now there's also workshops, uh, well, opportunity fair starting in the morning. And uh, Hayward Evans has been working on that committee. Hayward, I want you to thank you too for coming in at the last minute. We appreciate it. Why don't you just uh, mention a little bit about the opportunity fair and then I'll go back to these guys to see if get mentioned about, we have a, uh, a website address you can go to now to get information on everything we're talking about. 
And I think it also has the capacity to allow people to sign up for committees uh, uh, virtually. Is that correct? On the website? It will show where the big committee meeting is. And then from that big committee meeting, that is where you get assigned to the, the sub-tier, subcommittee meetings, um, just so that we know who's doing what on what team, where, and, and that they have some agreement to how we're we're moving forward, like um, in how we hold our meetings and, and what expectations we have for each other. So we want to make sure that everybody has contact with that. Thank you, Renaissance. We really appreciate that. I also want to let people know that Sade Moore is the chair of the Seattle MLK Organizing Coalition. And she's been on, but we're going to have someone about MLK every week up until January 16th. It's that important to us. And the climate right now in this country needs a whole bunch more Martin Luther King Jr. philosophy and teachings. So, hey, why don't you just uh, talk briefly about, I know you volunteered to do several things. And uh, so why don't you let folks know how they can volunteer and what will you be doing? Well, definitely, and uh, thank you for having uh, having me, Eddie, and thank you for hosting the uh, the uh, MLK event. That you know, again, forty years. So, to the listenership, I truly encourage you to be there. And as was was pointed out by uh, Clifford and the other gentlemen, this is this is some strange times here in this country. And if we don't stand up for ourselves, who's going to stand up for us? And like you pointed out, Eddie, the, the reason why we're having the opportunity fair because we said, well, okay. We do the march and rally every year, but we want people to go away with something. And we've been very successful in terms of people having opportunities to obtain jobs. We should have, I think there's over 40 vendors that have currently signed up to be there. I know uh, Toshiko, Commissioner Hasegawa, she was really pushing to make sure the Port of Seattle's there, and they've been doing a great job of hiring. Washdot, of course, is going to be there. All the major unions are going to be there, and they're going to be hiring people providing training opportunities. So uh, I'm truly excited about it. And if anybody knows anyone out there who's seeking employment or just looking for that opportunity or niche for themselves, they should be there. And and if you want to, too, also you see this gentleman over here. I'm looking at uh, Brother Armstead, Bob. Now, if you want to do your business, I say call Bob now, too, because we do want to uh, make sure that we're developing that economic capacity within our community, not just lot jobs and working for unions, but also develop a business for yourself. And we have the perfect gentleman here in, in Brother Armstead. But from that perspective, again, it's going to be on January 16th, that Monday, uh, from 7 a.m. to 1230. Well, that's what time I'm going to be there, 630 a.m. But for the people well, who what are you volunteering to, eight to, to 8 to noon, we have- What are you volunteering? What committees are you volunteering on? Uh, I, I do the parking lot now. You know, I, I'm there anytime anybody needs me, I'm there. But if you're looking for a place to park and your car to be safe, you know, I'm going to have the parking lot. I've been doing it the last few years, making sure the people are getting in and out easily. Of course, setting up the tables, setting up the chairs, uh, whatever it takes. You know, no job is too small. No job is too large. Whatever is needed for us to be successful, I'm there. But in that same vein, that you know, we're turning this over to the younger people, Cliff. <laughs> yeah. Turn it over to the younger people now. It's time for us to ease on down the road, if I can put it in that context. But we're still going to be there. And again, I'm encouraging people. We have a resume room. And as you pointed out last week, I believe, Eddie, uh, people can get their resumes, not just a written out resume, but also where it's put on their phone. So anywhere that you go, you have your resume right there with you uh, day in and day out. If you're looking for opportunities, the opportunities will be at the Opportunity Fair. So I'm encouraging you to come to the fair. 
but attend the, attend the rally and then attend the march. This is critical for our development as a community and for us to come together and support one another. And to counteract what's that, this, uh, this so-called red wave, we had red wave mentality is in a lot of different places. And it also in some in some D's too, because if it wasn't, we would have more than 0.818% uh, of uh, the city's business for 2021. So anyway, in closing, I want to go to Cliff and then we'll go back to, so if you guys have a closing remark or statement. Yes, uh, first of all, I like to thank all the young people who are getting involved, like Renaissance, KL Shannon, Sade, I love them. They're doing an excellent job and they're taking what we started way back when and they're continuing moving it forward. I appreciate you. I love you and thank you. But KL's been, she's been doing it for 20 some years. She ain't oh, yeah, ever since she's a little kid. And <laughs> KL, KL, still yeah, there. I don't know how old she was, but KL been out there. I mean, if she was on a job, she could retire at 38. <laughs> she sure been out there. Renaissance. And she does an excellent job. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry she wasn't here today, but, you know, we'll catch up with her. But uh, Renaissance, what, what, go ahead and give us a part of well, what doesn't KL do? KL is is in the mix of everything. And so like it begs a question, like what would we have if we didn't have KL? Like what are the kinds of things that would be going on? Um, that That's how important and pivotal uh, KL has been. And one of the things that KL is working on right now is Who Streets Our Streets, which is taking a look at what is going on in our community and how we can interact. Um, because there's been over a hundred years of, of like laws being written in this city that is primarily been written by by rich white men but are impacting black folks like the most and so we're, we're, we're working on changing that up and that's one of the things that kale is at the forefront of but just in like closing remarks i think that this 40th anniversary really marks something important for us whereas like we have been dealing with racism and oppression oppression in this country for over 400 years with human trafficking and enslavement and genocide and torture disenfranchisement um segregation imprisonment dispossession of land and so much more but None of that has ever broken our spirit. And so even with this new red wave and all of this other stuff that is coming up, it is just about being in direct opposition of that because with we will only receive that amount of oppression that we permit. And at that point, that's where resistance begins. And that's what we're honoring this year. Okay, Renaissance and Cliff Wyatt, thank you very much. And, and if, I, if I may, Eddie, I just want to give a shout out to John Birchie and uh, Christine um, Van Middlesworth, because they've been coordinating this the last few years, and they have done a fantastic job. Shout out okay. to John Birchie and, and Christine. Okay. Uh, we've been joined by Jesse Weinberry from Winner, Washington Equity Now Alliance. He attended the economic summit yesterday, and I told him a real economic summit would have contracts available to sign right on the spot. But uh, Jesse, why don't you share with our listeners uh, what you witnessed yesterday at the Equity Summit. We love Dr. J. That's Karen Johnson, Director of, of, of Equity for the Governor's Office. Well, we, I've been on her for years, and she's a very good person. But go right ahead, Jesse Weinberry. Attorney Jesse Weinberry Sr. No, Eddie, it's good to be with you, and, and thank you for inviting me. The summit yesterday, uh, the there's all the words to describe it, uh, it, it, it sound like phenomenal. Uh, fantastic, um, uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, uh, this is the first equity summit that's ever taken pl place uh, for a statewide Washington 
uh, summit, Washington State Summit, and there were over a thousand people who were there, and another thousand were online. I think uh, twelve hundred online, uh, something like uh, eleven hundred uh, who were there, and uh, it was well organized. Uh, this is uh, not something that came about uh, just just all of a sudden. The Equity Summit was included in Governor's Directive. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, the uh, Governor's uh, Executive Order 2202, which was which came from the community. It it came from the the uh, uh, the organizing, mobilizing, and strategizing uh, of 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 uh, of uh, African Americans, uh, uh, Native Americans, Asian uh, 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 people from the Hispanic community uh, and uh, and not just in in Seattle or King County, but statewide. And you saw that that rainbow representation. Uh, at the Tacoma Convention Center yesterday. It started at eight, I'm sorry, it started at seven, doors open at seven, nearly a thousand people ready to to file in that early in the morning. You know, they braved uh, in some parts the snow to get there. And um, and, uh, uh, they were, there were workshops uh, broken up into um, uh, group and, and, and sessions and uh, uh, strategizing uh, for legislation in the upcoming session. Uh, but the focus of it was, uh, what do we do now that uh, Governor's Directive 9801 is gone? And the Attorney General's uh, Solicitor General, Bob Ferguson, who is our state's Attorney General, uh, made sure his Solicitor General, and the only difference between those two, the Attorney General is the one who's elected, uh, the solicitor general is the one who litigates uh, and and files all the lawsuits, <laughs> and so uh, Noah Purcell was there front and center uh, to uh, to say uh, three things that we haven't heard in Washington State a long time. Number one, affirmative action is allowed. Uh, affirmative action to to increase the number of of uh, BIPOC people and. In, uh, in jobs, in employment, in contracts, and in higher education um, is, is alive and well. They haven't been able to say that, or the AG hasn't been able to say that uh, for 24 years. Uh, they were able to say that um, uh, agencies have to take a, a very careful approach in implementing some affirmative action, particularly if they have federal dollars involved, because the affirmative action restrictions uh, on the federal level, uh, are guided. I hate to say it, primarily by Clarence Thomas and his uh, gang of nine uh, or or eight on the uh, Supreme Court, and they have, of course, uh, they have not ended affirmative action either. But what they have done is made it uh, a a test uh, to prove that you don't have discrimination first, and if you can prove that you are not discriminated against uh, uh, by usually a million dollar disparity study showing that there's no discrimination, then you can move forward with race conscious affirmative action. Well, there's yes, been- Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. Uh, the state did 0.18% with African-Americans in 2021. Do you think that's drastic enough to have some action taken? Uh, under under state law, absolutely. You don't, you don't, you don't have to- uh, 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 do a study to know that uh, nobody who uh, who is of color 
uh, is getting any contracts, particularly African-Americans who pay taxes. And then when they start a business, legitimate business and 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 show up to provide uh, the state uh, 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 commercially useful services and products, they should get paid like everybody else. And in our state, it's still not happening. Okay, look, I got to let Bob, uh, first of all, give the announcement. NAMC is having, uh, the Washington chapter is having general membership meeting. Anthony Robinson and Lika Fernandez, the director of OMWB, will be two of the presenters. So, Bob, you want to give that information out? Yes, thank you, Eddie. Uh, We have uh, our monthly meeting will be today, December the 1st, from 5 to 6.30. Uh, this afternoon, you it will be a virtual meeting. You can get to the meeting by going to www.namcwa.com. And at the top of the uh, website will be the portal that will give you the uh, entry information to the meeting. Uh, as Eddie stated, uh, we will have the director of uh, OMWBE, Leica Fernandez, uh, presenting. She will be presenting the results of the 2021 annual report from uh, OMWBE. And it, it, I'd like to think that nothing will surprise me, but the numbers for this year are even lower than they were last year, even with all of the the emphasis on the sub cabinet and all of the other things that are going on in the state. So you need to be there to hear from her how dismal the numbers is. Additionally, Anthony Robinson, who is an esteemed attorney from the Washington DC area, who has participated in defending uh, programs like the DBE program before the Supreme Court, will be one of the presenters to talk about historical uh, court actions and current uh, actions that are before the court that relate directly to our programs. Eric, can we take this break and we have a couple of minutes when we come back? Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at PortSeattle For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. 
To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Eddie Ryan back at Urban Forum Northwest. I want to thank the city of Seattle's uh, uh, facilities and administrative services. They're having a uh, reverse vendors trade show uh, next Thursday, December 8th. It'll be at uh, Tabor 100. It's in-person, live, virtual. And I also want to thank Sound Transit's Office of Civil, uh, Civil Rights, Diversity, and Inclusion with John T. Robinson, the Port of Sales Diversity Contracting Office with Men Rice, Josie Regan, and Lawrence Coleman. SeaTac Bar Group LLC. They have uh, the Africa Lounge and Mountain Room Bar on Concourse A out at SeaTac, uh, and that's uh, Jerry Whitson and uh, Ron O'Neill. And also want to remind people that uh, on Monday uh, there's a uh, the general membership meeting for uh, diver- uh, uh, Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion, and also we have the NAMC uh, membership meeting uh, that will be this evening. And let me see how much time I have. So, Bob, what is where? How do they get on there? What's the what's the uh, website address? Uh, the website address is www.namcwa.com, okay. and the information for the meeting is on the top of the uh, website. Okay, uh, Jesse Weinberry. In closing, I want to find out were any commitments made to improve the numbers that we received from uh, OMWBE? The uh, the commitment that came from OMWBE uh, actually was folded into something that the entire convention voted on, and that is to make all of these uh, uh, nice sounding uh, executive orders law. And, 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 and we will be working with the AG's office and uh, and the governor's office uh, and OMWBE will be part of that to make these requirements law and erase and repeal any vestige of I-200 and any vestige okay. of uh, any anti-affirmative action law in the books. Okay, Attorney Jesse Weinberry, President uh, Bob Armstead, Hayward Evans, Cliff Wyatt, Michael Renaissance, uh, Michelle Merriweather, uh, who will have a breakfast tomorrow morning at the Western featuring Irving Magic Johnson. I want to thank all you guys for taking time out today to participate in Urban, another edition of Urban Forum Northwest, which will be available a little later today on Alexa and my podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you, Eric. Be safe and be warm. Yeah.